Podcast Studios. This, this is the award-winning After 9 with Scott and Kat. Powered by Tony Johal, broker at Remax Twin City. Your home sold guaranteed or he'll buy it. Hey now. Howdy there, fella. Fella. <laughs> I don't know. I'm really going hard with that, aren't I? Guys. Howdy there. <laughs> I don't know why. We got to tell you guys how crazy this week has been. So as you probably heard by now, starting Monday, the Scott and Cat Show is going to air on Energy 95.3 in Toronto and Hamilton and Niagara and all across the GTHA starting Monday. There's so much work to do to get ready so for this. Work. We just finished. I just changed my shirt three times to do three different videos for Instagram. I'm I'm exhausted, but it, I mean, it's exciting, though. It's in a good way. Oh. But, but there is there's so much prep and meetings. Right. And there's a lot of things. There are a lot of things up in the air, at, you know, at the same time. So we're meeting with, you know, this team over here about that. And then we're meeting with our, our lovely promotions department and the new promo people and the promo people at this station and that station who are all coming together to support us and help us and this program manager and that pro- and it's and it's it's a it's a lot but we are honestly though I'm so excited about all the stuff that's going to be happening when we launch the new uh Scott and Cat show I guess we can call it like the new Scott and Cat show in a way it's the same old show that you've always known and loved but we're doing some new cool things we're bringing back Miss Connections in case you missed that it's going to be on Mondays on our show and we're going to add it to the podcast I think I think so a Why few not? people have asked if we could yeah. they just they just can't be available in the morning but they still want to be able to hear it and hey I mean if uh, if that's the content you want, we can squeeze it in there. Sure we can. It's a good thing, and there will be a new phone number to reach us at. We'll give you that tomorrow, and it is going to be connected to our voicemail. So if you want to call in and not necessarily talk to us, just get something off your chest, you'll be able to leave us a voicemail. So there we go. We had a really frank conversation this morning on the FM radio show on 91.5 The Beat. Today we were talking about what I'm sure everybody by now has heard, that interest rates are going up. For an eighth consecutive time. Mm -hmm. Eight times they've raised interest rates since last March. And nobody's talking about it. And I I guess that's part of the reason that I wanted to talk about that on the radio today. Because whether it's the evening news or it's your uh, those stories that all the news stations and channels put out on their social media feeds... Nobody is talking about the struggle that the middle class is going through right Mm -hmm. now. It's nowhere. And it's crazy. I mean, I know that there's a lot of other things happening in the world and there are just violent, violent, aggressive acts on transit every single day. And there is other stuff going on. But to me, this is the biggest story. How many people are stretched so thin that they're at danger of losing their homes How many people who have now had all of their savings completely chewed up because it's now going to the mortgage payment? Yeah, yeah. So we asked a simple question today that you're not seeing on any of the mainstream news channels, and I don't know why unless it's a just pure ignorance. They're just so elite that they can't relate to the middle class, or they are trying to cover it up, but nobody's covering it. We asked a simple question, how much has your mortgage payment gone up since last March? It's shocking, like worse than I thought. There's some people who are paying thousands a month more than they were. Yeah, there's a, you know, and I knew it was, we've been talking about it on the podcast though, you know, here and there throughout every time the mortgage rates went up, we talked about it. So for me, I thought, yeah, it's got to be talked about, but you're right. And I don't see it a lot. I don't understand why, because when we just mentioned this on our morning show, on the Scott and Cat show, we had a ton of text messages from people um, admitting and 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 kind of venting um, that they weren't sure what they were going to do, um, that their mortgage rate has gone so high that they're going to have to give up something up. Uh, and 
I hate like that pains me to see that, to see people struggling. And it's so many people struggling that you wonder why these news outlets wouldn't do a little bit more with it because there's so much to talk about here. Maybe it would put some pressure on it. Maybe they feel like it wouldn't do anything. And I mean, the truth is, I don't know. I don't know if us talking about it will change anything, but maybe there's value for some people in knowing that they're not alone here, that they're not alone in feeling pissed off and feeling frustrated and thinking this does not seem fair. Um, And it was definitely a a lot more eye open. I was already kind of, my eyes were kind of wide open to it, but even more so after today and hearing from people. And I got DMs from some people who just didn't want to talk to, like didn't want to mention, be mentioned on the radio, but who DM'd me and said, honestly, this is where we're at. You know, we, and we can't even go rent. We looked at selling our house to try to get that money. But then you look at the price of rent and the price of rent is going up too. It's a domino effect. Of course, we know those owners of those homes, they're going to raise their uh, monthly rent eventually, if not now, because their mortgage rates have gone up, et cetera. But it's uh, it's a damn shame that we have so many people who just don't even know if they're going to be able to make ends meet soon, the way things are going. Or or they already can't. Or they already can't. Or they're already in that position. Um, we had someone who does repos, yeah. and which is always a very interesting and, and, and probably sad at times and, and scary maybe even job to do. And they're in particular, they repo cars. And they say on an average day, maybe they'll get one to four. They're up to 20, 20 a day. repos a day. 20 repos a day. That's just one that does repos. That's one. <laughs> one person one or organization, whatever it is. That does it. That's 20 people then that are in real serious financial straits every day. If your car gets repoed, they've tried everything they can Mm -hmm. to get that money and they just can't get it. So they're taking your car. It's, uh, you mentioned rent and and I do want to mention rent, but a slightly different take on it. I totally understand that rents are out of control, unattainable. But one thing nobody is talking about here either, and I think it deserves a mention is Those renters have mortgages too. And we have uh, uh, caps on how much you can increase the rent every month. And I think that they're in a real shitty spot as well. Yeah. At first I thought, okay, well, maybe they're just trying to flush those people out of the market and force them to sell to get more houses on the market. But in raising the interest rates as quickly and as much as they have, they've also made getting a mortgage completely unattainable. There's a lot of people who would like to be able to buy a home, but now with the rates as high as they are, it's actually going to be more of a monthly payment now with these interest rates on a cheaper home than it would have been paying the crazy rates from last year at the lower interest rate. So they've made home ownership even further out of touch. I'm going to play something for you quickly. It's a montage that sort of tells the story of how we got to this point and the disconnect between the Bank of Canada and our elected representatives And us, the regular middle-class people who are being ignored and swept under the rug right now. It's a minute and a half, uh, no, just under two minutes. Listen to this montage. Future governments are going to have to carry that debt. The servicing costs on that are going to be very high. Sorry? The the servicing costs on the debt that you're going to have to carry, that you're you're adding to now, right? Interest rates are at historic lows, Glenn. Uh, okay, service, but it's still a lot that, of money. No, 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 no. It's, it's still a lot that, of money. No, no. It, and and you don't that, know where. The, okay, so so so. But how are, how are you going to pay for that? How are you going to pay for those costs in in future years? Are you going to increase taxes or are you going to uh, cut programs? Against that background, we are being unusually clear that interest rates are going to be low 
for a long time. Mm. The uh, policy rate of the Bank of Canada, which is at the effective lower bound, is currently at 0.25. The Conservatives keep raising fear about a potential 1% increase, which would represent a a 500% increase if it were to shoot to 1.25 overnight. In any event, the Bank of Canada, during the testimony before this committee, has explained that there is no plan to do that for the next uh, potentially few years, and that in any event, the conditions that would justify such a, a radical increase would essentially tell a story that the economy is doing very well. Well, Canadians were hit with another interest rate. Well, uh-huh. listen, you just heard the prime minister bragging about how low rates were, and that's why the government was able to spend as much as they were spending. You heard the governor of the Bank of Canada say that rates will remain low. Then you heard another staffer at the Bank of Canada say, you know, the conservatives are fear-mongering that rates could go up 1%. Well, that would represent a 500% increase, all told, once it goes all the way through the system. He said that kind of a drastic increase is not going to happen. Not for the foreseeable future. We're talking at least several years before we have a conversation like that. That uh, eerie music, by the way, really hit hard, didn't it? And and that was about a 1% increase. It went from 0.25 to 4.5 in less than a year. Where are people getting this money from? I I, I have to assume they're not. Unless well, they're pulling the out thing. of their line mm-hmm. of credit mm-hmm. or selling shit off or they're working a lot of jobs. It's funny because one of the reasons that they use to justify raising the rates is, and they said it again yesterday, the economy is overheated. And they look at those jobs numbers and they say, look at the, the unemployment rate is one of the lowest it's ever been. Do they even stop and think about why that is? The reason is because so many people have taken a second job. They've had to just to try and make ends meet. There's so many people that are strapped and right at the end of their rope. And and when the government, or sorry, the Bank of Canada, which is the government, let's not split hairs there, they are. When they say something like the economy is overheated, but all of us can plainly see the economy's in the shitter, there's a huge disconnect. And I think the thing that really bothers me the most, there's two things actually. The interest rates... Okay, fine. They say eventually it'll bring inflation down. Eventually. I, I, I don't see any evidence that that's happening. I think it will happen when the whole economy tanks and nobody has any money and there's foreclosures all over the place and unemployment hits record highs. Mm-hmm. So I think that that's going to happen once they acknowledge that we are in a recession. But the things they could be doing to help, they're not. Yeah. Every single municipality that I know of is raising it, uh, property taxes. Well, this is where I think that the change could happen is you got to do it at that lower level. It's not like we're saying something and Tiff Macklem's listening going, oh, okay, never mind then. Fuck that. I'll, I'll, I'll sorry, guys, I'll drop this again. He doesn't it's not, care. He's not happening. But at a lower at that lower level, that municipality level, that regional level, that's where I think that if more people talk about it, and again, I go back to media is missing on this. Absolutely agree. That's where you might get a little more traction. At least they can help you lower payments of other things. I was watching a... A TikTok video, actually, that went viral. And it was, um, well, I'll show it to you as I explain it to people. But it's future me watching myself choose a variable mortgage uh, in back in February of 2022. And the, the person's inside the mortgage office. Haha. And it was a funny TikTok. But reading the comments, 
is the eye opener. And yeah. people are like, it's no joke that people are like, yes. And it's interesting. They compare, they're comparing on there because it really does give you perspective of what people, different people are going through. And it's amazing that some people we talked to today are paying two grand more. Others locked in, but they're so nervous because they know that the second that this changes or the second they're out and they're done there with their variable, they're paying way freaking more. Yeah. And they're wondering, what do I do? Do I get out of my house now? Because I know that that payment's going to go up by $1,000 a month. Or do I just stay put, stay steady? Let's just see what happens. Even though I know my rate's going up, maybe I will be able to afford it. You know, if you're, hey, if you're, and if you're able to, there was a great tip from someone who is uh, in that variable position. And it's, I think it's a good, good tip for those who are in the position, sorry, who are in the fixed position. If you're in that position, if you're fixed, but yours, you're coming up soon, maybe it's this year, maybe it's next year. Maybe it's even the year after that. You may want to prepare yourself now. And I think that that is a great tip for those on fix that are looking at this going, oh, man, that sucks, guys. Well, you know what? It, it, it's probably going to hit you. It could hit us. Um, those I say us because I am on fixed right now. But of course, things could change and things will probably change inevitably. Put money aside, either put it into your mortgage if that's how you choose to do it. If you're not comfortable with that, put money aside for those reasons if you are scared hearing this. And I think that that was a good tip. And a couple of people had that. Well, I want to thank you. Because I did not know that you had a fixed rate. Funny, Kat and I don't discuss our mortgages no, with each don't. other. No, we don't. It's not a usual conversation. So get this. I have a variable rate mortgage that I took out a year ago. A year ago, right before the rates started going through the roof. And part of the reason I did that was because I took the Bank of Canada at its word. And their advice. And by the way, that was the advice of a lot of, a lot of bankers. Even some brokers would have told you the same thing. They all were. They yeah. were all singing the same tune. What's really frustrating, though, is Tiff knew. He knew that the government had sold off those bonds and he was going to have to buy them back at a loss. He knew rates were going to have to go up. He knew how much money was being printed. He knew. And he still said rates are going to remain low. Now, I didn't expect them for a second to remain at 0.25. But given that they themselves said a 1% increase would be radical, and it would actually represent a 500% increase on payments. I took them at their word that really the best it, or the worst it's going to get could be 1.25. Now we're at four and a half, four and a half in less than a year. Mm -hmm. and, and I took out that variable rate mortgage because, and I know that it's a risk, but I did it for the same reason everybody did it. It's a lower payment right now. You can lock in if it looks like things are going crazy, but they didn't even, not only did they tell us it would stay low, they didn't give us a chance to lock in. They didn't even say to us, guys, in the next six months, next year, we're going to have to raise interest rates and they might be sharp increases. That would have sent a lot of people into uh, a mortgage market where they would try and find a rate that was fixed or they could lock in or whatever. But this came out of nowhere. We had no idea this was going to happen. So for all the people that are on a fixed rate mortgage right now, walking around with their nose in the air saying, ha ha, you shouldn't have got variable. Mm -hmm. That's such a bad take. It's such an ugly look. Think about how many people are truly suffering. Imagine if you had $3,000 a month less to spend. And that's what people are dealing yeah, with. That doesn't help. That definitely doesn't help. And you can have your thoughts on it. And some people really do have strong thoughts and they've been maybe in the mortgage game for a long time. They've had it for a long time and they're strict on, I know those people, right? Who are like, no, I always get fixed. And this is the reason why there's other people who are like, I always get variable. And this is the reason why yep. there's absolutely no need though, to try to like claim that your way oh, you should have done that this way. Like, what's the point? I mean, I haven't, I haven't seen a lot of that. I don't know if you have, and that's why you're saying it. Um, thankfully I haven't. 
Uh, but yeah, that's no way to no way to approach that when so many people are suffering. And like you said, both a couple of examples you gave were exact people I talked to. One of them said they got a second job. Yep. Um, the other person had to decided to sell some stuff basically and started to like sell things off that they weren't sh- sure that they would ever need to sell um, just to manage to make it make it through for the next few months and let's see how it goes from there kind of thing. They're seriously living month to month trying to figure out if they're going to be able to make it. And oh, and another one who did take out, who dipped into their line of credit. So not only are they owing this much with interest rates on their mortgage, they're spending that much, I mean, they're also going to be owing more for their interest rates for their lines of credit. Like, come on, how much debt do we all need? It's nuts. One of the things that we bragged about a lot is, oh, during COVID, when everybody was working from home, people were able to build up their savings and they saved a lot of money. I don't know if they actually did save that money, physical cash in the bank. I don't know if they did that or not, but any money we saved, people are eating into that to make up for the mortgage rates and they're eating into that to make up their higher car payments and their credit card bills have gone through the roof. All these things are affected by the prime rate and the Bank of Canada keeps raising that rate and it's such a source of frustration that people are angry. They don't know what to do. They don't. Who do I complain to? Anybody exactly is, is going to fall on deaf ears, right? Is anybody listening to the middle class right now? Mm-hmm. I don't think they are. Uh, there was a mob of protesters that protested the prime minister the other night when he went out for dinner in Hamilton. And I know some people were trying to spin it as, oh, it was disgusting following him and shouting. What do you want people to do when no one's listening to them? They're actually in dire straits and no one will listen to them or take them seriously. And that was proven when he gave a news conference afterwards and said, ah, there's a handful of angry people out there. That was a lot more than a handful, dude. And people are angry and they're really out of ideas. They don't know where to go. I think what's happening now is horrible. This is Canada in 2023 and people are losing their homes every day. And I mean, I don't know what the next, what's going to happen next. I mean, none of us do, right? Is it going to stay steady at this? Is it going to drop? A lot of people say it will. But there's some people who who worry and I, I understand the worry and reminded me of something, and I remember hearing about this, and I don't know if I learned it in school or where I learned it, but in the 80s at one point, the interest rate skyrocketed to about 18%. Yes. 18%. Lots of people lost their homes, and, and it didn't matter that the price of homes was like 60 grand or less. It didn't matter. That doesn't matter. It's the interest rates that kill you, right? Sure. That's a worry. I mean, we should all be worried. I don't... I'm not trying to alert or say that that's what's going to happen. But, I mean, we have to realize that if history shows us anything, it's that we really don't know what's going to happen next. And there's people who predict these things that have done a good job so far. Um, Apparently, they are going to go back down again. That's what everybody's saying. Well, I mean, By later this year, it'll be lower. But will it really make that much of a difference? Well, yesterday, if you listen to the tiff there, he he said that's not what we want to do. We don't want to look at lowering rates. We don't want to go back down that road, even though this was a great road in his mind just a couple of years mm-hmm. ago. So given that he doesn't want to do it, but all the economists are saying, yeah, they're likely going to have to drop. Basically, what's happening here is yeah. a complete meltdown of our economy. Yeah. If people just en masse stop making their mortgage payments and then banks actually start feeling it, that's going to be really bad. If we have more foreclosure listings than seller listings, that's going to be really, really bad. When people are just throwing their keys across the desk at the bank saying, take it back because I can't afford it anymore, that's a big problem. But all these things are happening. So if they have to come out in March or May or July and say, yeah, we raised them too much. Oh, sorry. We're going to lower it a full point here. 
I see that happening not once, but maybe even twice. And I think mm-hmm. they're going to have to because unemployment is about to go through the roof. Uh, Best Buy just announced they're laying off 700 people. Microsoft, Google, Shopify, mm-hmm. the list, all those huge tech companies are laying people off. They're feeling it. We hear about those ones in the news because those are the big tech companies that people invest in. But there's regular companies laying people off like crazy. And I have a feeling it's only going to get worse. I, I feel for you and I just... We do. And we want you to know that we're on your side in this. And if you're struggling, you're not alone. If you're sitting there every night with your your bank ledger trying to figure out, how the fuck are we going to do this? Like, okay, well, Bell Mobility's not getting paid this month. And Rogers isn't getting paid this month for the cable. Uh, That's just so we can make the mortgage payment. And we're probably going to have to visit a food bank once or twice. Or we're going to have to borrow some money from this person or that person. Tens of thousands, if not hundreds of thousands, if not millions, are doing the exact same thing in corners across the country every single night because of how bad it is. And if you're one of those municipal politicians playing around with your budget and you've got all your little pet projects in there, and and we are in Kitchener right now, so I'll use the example of the, the Kitchener and Waterloo region budgets. They want to raise them a substantial amount. Kitchener is over a 5% property tax increase, and the regional portion is like 8.6%. You guys can't do that. You can't. You need to go back to your staff that prepared that draft budget, and you need to tell them, bring it back to me with zero increase. Doesn't have to be a decrease, but zero increase. Because number one, people can't afford to pay it anyway, and you're just going to have a whole bunch of people defaulting on their property taxes, which is also not good. However... All these pet projects that you guys have lumped into this budget because you want to see them done or that you promised during the re-election, it's all got to go. There's need and want, and we need what we need, but the wants are going to have to go. Mm -hmm. Don't bring back any budget that has even a penny of increase because people can't afford it. They're not getting a break on their gas bills with the GST coming off. Carbon taxes going up in April substantially. We've got the escalator taxes on booze and all those other things. That's all gone up. Payroll taxes are up because, hey, we're into January now. You can't lump a property tax increase on top of that unless you truly do want to have blood on your hands. Because I know what it's doing to people and they can't afford it and people are getting desperate. And if you want to be part of the problem by piling on and adding to their expenses, you're a major culprit in all of this. So stop it. Eliminate all property tax increases. And if you say, well, shit, we can't afford this or we can't afford that. Tough. We can't afford it. What is it you want to do? You, you want to, I don't know, in Toronto, they were spending, was it millions to rename Dundas Street? Yeah. The dumb things, right? The you know, dumb like, things. If you Fuck take a, off. Now's not the time. We can't afford it. There's a lot of dumb things, though. And if you go like line by line in the, in the budget, you could find a ton of stuff that you could just be like, why? Or you know what? Maybe it's a thing that would be cool. Great. Another year. Another year. But not this year. No. Right? And there's so many examples of that. Like you said, Kat, you could go through all of these budgets and find a ton of stuff that just instantly you could eliminate. But they don't want to do it. They don't want to say we're cutting services. Yeah, that's why. You have to cut services. It's an image thing. That's all it is. You have to cut right now. You have to cut to the point where that budget is balanced at a 0% increase. And if you can't do that... You're not a very good politician. We don't need you running our our city or our region. If you can't get it to a 0% increase, get out of the way and let someone else do it who can do it, who's willing to make tough decisions. All right. I think we're good on interest rates. Yeah. 
I could talk about it all I day. I get and, the frustration, and I, though, and I do feel for those who are in those positions. I don't even know, like, what, again, I like. I wish that we could come up with, this. I think that we came up with a good, it may not be the word solution, maybe that's not what we're looking for, but a good starting point, I think, is to contact those locally. Let them know your situation. Tell them what you're going through. Maybe something will resonate with one of them. You that, never know. That's part of the reason we put those stories on the air this morning, because I want the the mayor yeah. of Kitchener to hear that, and I want the the chair of the region to hear that yeah. before they go in there and say, oh, well, we're just going to have to do it. 13%. Jesus. One more thing before we go. And this is something that I feel like we've discussed many times, but in reverse. A woman who admits that she has, in her lifetime, gone through an incredibly depressing financial period. She was at rock bottom. She didn't have a penny. But, like a phoenix rising from the ashes, she pulled herself up out of the situation she was in. And she ended up in a situation where now she's got a job that pays her exceptionally well. And she's doing well in life. But... She promised herself she would never make the same mistakes or never end up in the same situation that she was in when she was broke. She's got a boyfriend. And I'm pretty sure if I read between the lines that they live together. Okay. She makes four times more than he does. Four times is a substantial amount of money. I mean, if she's making 100K, he's making 25. But they're happy together. She's not 100% happy, though, because she wants everything to be 50-50. She fought for what she's got, and she wants to hang on to her money and not spend any more than she needs to. And and she's thinking, hey, if we're going to live together, we're going to split it equally. (laughs) If we're going to go out on a date, well, maybe we take turns, maybe we split it, but either way, it's going to get split. Your car payment is your car payment. My car payment is my car payment. She doesn't want to give up any of her extra money that she worked very hard to earn just giving it away to a relationship. And he is like, hold on a second here. You make four times more than I do. If the rent is 2000 a month, I can't afford a 1000 bucks is more to me than it is to you, given that you make four times more than I do. So no, this should not be 50-50. She's wondering, is it time to walk away from this relationship because he can't do 50-50 or it leaves him with nothing at 50-50. I certainly understand the need to want to combo up with somebody else and share expenses, but if you can't share them 50-50, she's not sure if she wants to be in this relationship. Then get out, is what I would tell her. Like, that that would be it. Um, in a, If she wants this to be a long-term relationship and she really cares for that person and wants to be with them forever, why is she... Why is she actually going out of her way to be like, you need to pay 50, 50% of this? It makes no sense. And a good relationship, actually, this is going to sound weird, but a, a, a good relationship sometimes means it's not 50-50. Sometimes it means, because when is it the case that you make the exact same amount as your partner? It probably rarely happens. Maybe you're close in a ballpark, but it rarely happens that you make the same amount. You need to understand where you need to step, where where somebody steps up a little bit more in a relationship and somebody can pull back a little bit more in a relationship, but relationships don't need to be 50-50. I mean, it makes zero sense to me that she's making all this money and let's say he makes... 50 grand. So what would that mean for her? She makes $200,000 a year. So let's just put it at that perspective. So she's looking at homes now and she's looking at a home and she's like, oh, I want to live here. And this is a, you know, a $1.5 million home. And that makes sense for me. And he's going, whoa, wait a fucking minute. I can't afford a mortgage. I need one of those shipping containers with a door. Excuse me. I make, you know, 50 grand a year, let's say, and I can't afford this, especially with all the other bills that I'm supposed to be paying 50% on and all the other groceries and everything else that I'm supposed to pay 50% on. 
It just doesn't make sense. And sometimes it also makes sense to not be 50-50. She obviously doesn't care. I, I think, honestly, if I'm going deep, doesn't seem like she cares about this guy enough. Because if you really cared about the person you want to be with them, that shouldn't matter. It's not about financial 50-50. I get there's some people who think, okay, but I'm, you know what? I want this house, for example, to be 50-50 ours. So we're the mortgage at the least, like for me, that makes sense. The mortgage at the least should be 50-50 because you know you both own that house. Fine. In this case, this is extreme. She makes so much more money than him, but she's going to complain he can't afford the 50%. That's basically it. So then get out. You know, either be single and go live your life according to your budget or the uh, if you really, really like the guy, figure it out. You do need to pay more then. Pay more if that's the lifestyle you want because he can't afford to do that. Don't bitch and complain because he's not putting in his 50%. He can't afford that 50%. Like, it doesn't make sense to me. Well, what was was striking about this story when I read it is I almost got a deja vu moment because it wasn't even that long ago. We had a very similar story, but it was reversed. Guy was making much, much, much more than her. And I remember there were people texting in and calling into our show saying, if he makes that much more money, he should help her out. They should uh, find other ways to make it equal. But basically saying he's got to get over it. He's got to accommodate to make the relationship work. Whereas today, when she's the boss making all that money, four times more than he is, people are saying, yeah, just move on or suck it up. But the, nobody is it was saying the same when it was the man that was making four times more than the woman. It was all, he should help. He should pay more. He makes more in a relationship. It, it's all about uh, balance. And just because he makes more, then maybe she can make up for it with more chores around the house or staying home with the kids. Yeah. The discussion went so many different ways in that direction that I'm not hearing in this particular circumstance. Really? That's interesting. Because to me, that it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter male, male, female, male, female, female. doesn't freaking matter. If you're a partner with that person, it doesn't mean that you're going to be giving equally. And I mean that in life, too. I don't just mean that in financial. I mean, maybe there's someone who has more time. And guess what? Because you have more time than me, you're the one that's going to grocery shop. You're the one that's going to clean up around the house. That's what it's going to be. It's, it's, that's being fair. And at some points, even emotionally, there's one person that's carrying the couple, you know, and, and, and maybe that changes year by year. You never know. But there's always, there's never going to be an exact 50-50 split in a relationship, like right down to the middle. But can I just say, I think that that makes a good relationship. And I'm going to actually point you in the direction of, of Michelle Obama, who was actually talking about her marriage to Barack Obama. And a lot of people look at that couple and think, holy shit, what a perfect couple they are, right? How successful and, and, and smart and loving they are, beautiful family. And I remember her actually saying something similar of, it's never been 50-50 for us, ever. I pulled back a bit when Barack became president. That was my role. You know what I mean? And, and I realized that in the relationship. And then it was my turn because my, you know, and her, when she had her book and everything else that she was doing, even in th those ways, you know, if we're not even if we're talking financial, I don't think it's ever going to be or necessarily even meant to be 50-50. But fair is important. And if you're giving as much as you can in that moment, whether that means, hey, financially, this is all I can give. Hey, right now, this time is all I can give towards this. As long as you both find a, a way to do it where you're both happy, that's great. Clearly, she hasn't found a way to make this work for her. Get the fuck out. Go be single. Find your nice condo and or, or find a guy who's rich if that's really what you're looking for because it seems like that's all you really care about. One thing I'd like to add is if they do make it work and if they're happy now, then presumably they could be happy in the future. They've just got to get over this, this obstacle and figure out how to make it work. My suggestion 
get a prenup or get a cohabitation agreement. Lay it all out and say, hey, you know what? Maybe it's not going to be 50-50 because you make 25 and I make 200. So maybe I pay, I don't know, uh, 70% of the mortgage and you pay 30. That also means, though, that I own 70% of the house. And when we split, I get 70, you get 30. Maybe all these things need to be spelled out in writing. And maybe that would give her the peace of mind that, yeah, you can lay out a little bit of money now in the name of making the relationship go forward. But if shit goes down, let's keep in mind who had what at the beginning. Because this is not even opinions. That's the other thing, too. You guys, what I do agree 50-50 is you both agree on this, or 100%, you have to agree to whatever your whatever your model is. And everyone has a different model. I mean, we've talked about this in different podcasts, too, is some people having their own bank accounts and other people, you know, almost living separate lives, like two different places, but they're married. You know what? Hey, that's cool as long as it works for both parties. And this is a case where it's not working for both parties. That's where we have a problem. That's where you need to find a solution now. And maybe it is a prenup. Maybe it is trying to figure that out and write it down. Maybe it is realizing this isn't the person for you because they can't give 50% financially. Whatever that is, figure your shit out. Have your words to live by. Figure Figure your your shit shit out. out. Have a great (laughs) Thursday, everybody. We'll see you tomorrow. I believe Dave Blizzard is going to join us. Fridays are always a lot of fun on After 9. Bye-bye. How you doing? Good. Good. Hey, listen, really quickly, because I'm driving and I couldn't text you, right? But do you want to hear a crazy story? Just really quickly, interest rate. Okay, do do it real quick. Okay, car loan. I went to get a car loan for interest rates, whatever. TD Bank charged me 15% for car loan. Oh, my God. And I've been with TD Bank for 30 years, whatever. Next thing, Simply Financial comes back with the same loan, 8%. There's something yeah. going on here. Why would my bank charge me 15% versus 8% from a bank I've never yeah. banked with? This is why before. you always shop around, though. And mortgage is the same thing. It pays to get a broker, and it pays to do some research before you jump into it. A lot of people just willy-nilly go with their bank because that seems convenient. Not always a good idea mm-hmm. at all. Absolutely. Just, you know, fishy, fishy business. But anyways, I just thought is a good way to put it. Yeah, right? So, but I'll be looking into it because I think there is something going on there. But... You too. Thank you. Hey, the Scott and Cat Show. Hey, how's it going? Good. How you doing? Good. I uh, I wanted to share my perspective um, as a 30 year old. Uh, what's going on? Love to hear it. Um, I I'll try and keep it uh, as short as I can. Please. I uh, I'm from. I live 30 minutes north of Barrie. Uh, my wife and I bought our first house two years ago um, in a small community, Victoria Harbor. Um, there's a new build area. Houses were very reasonable for first-time homebuyers. Becoming friends with the new neighbors, all our age, some have picked variable mortgages and some haven't. About four of them have put their homes up for sale. Um, they can no longer afford their mortgages. Mm-hmm. Two of them have new children just like us. Um, fortunately for us, we picked a fixed rate and not only can they not afford their mortgage, but now they can't sell their home because the way the market is, they're just not selling. I feel for you. I, I don't know what the solution is or what uh, if anyone is going to try and do something to help. I mean, there are ways that, that government could help right now, namely in preventing the banks from charging those outrageous fees to extend your term or to go to another lender. They should really stop charging those. 
that would make things a little bit better for people, but I, I don't know in the short term what people are going to do, but I, I certainly sympathize with anybody whose rates have gone up that much because this yeah. isn't normal and there's no coverage on it at all, and that's so frustrating to me. Yeah, it, 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 it's scary uh, for, you know, new newlywed young families yeah. first time home buyers it's uh yeah you know we're we're new inexperienced and and it's uh it's just the unknown feel for you i mean hang in there fight as hard as you can and for as long as you can but just know that you're not alone a lot of people are going through the same thing yeah. thanks for the call yeah thank you guys hey guys how you guys doing doing good how are you good i'm just calling about the interest rate yeah a lot of people don't have the mortgages either. I, I rent. Um, me and my wife have been renting this house for 12 years. And our landlord just came up to us late last year saying that he's got to sell it because he can't afford it no more. Yeah. So now yeah. we're in a pickle. Like, we're, we're paying 14 something a month. And then we agreed to him uh, paying extra 150 a month on top. But you look around for anybody renting, it's 25 plus a month. It's uh, it's insane. And I mean, it's a domino effect, right? I mean, if those homeowners also got decided to go variable, they're really feeling the pinch, too. And so obviously the renters are going to take a hit on it as well. It's 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 crazy. As well. And like that, I'm a family of six. Wow. So going that much, we're stretched now as it is. I don't know yeah. how we're going to, if we have to move, I don't know what we're going to do, to be honest, either. I, I, wife, we're kind of stressed about that now, too. A lot of people are in the same boat. It's uh, it's scary. I can't believe this is happening in Canada in 2023, and there's no coverage on it. Nobody's talking about it, and that's part of the reason we decided to have this conversation today. Oh, I'm glad you guys do because a lot of people don't realize it's not just people that own houses; it's people that rent them as well. Great or point. In this case, it's it's actually the people that rent them out as well. They're taking a huge hit, especially if they have multiple block properties. Yeah, 100%. Got to go, but thank you for the call. No, thanks for answering. King Charles's real estate firm is suing Twitter for failing to pay rent at their London office. Yeah, King Charles's real estate firm. Everyone's like, you mean England? The FDA proposed new guidelines that would limit lead levels in processed baby food. A real surprise to parents who thought the current limit was any. Justin Bieber just sold his entire music catalog for $200 million. Yeah, asked what he's going to do with the money. Bieber said, buy a dozen eggs. In a new interview, Pope Francis said he doesn't mind criticism and said it, quote, helps you grow and improve things because nothing says you're open to change like still speaking Latin. The After 9 podcast is powered by Tony Johal, broker at REMAX Twin City. Your home sold guaranteed or he'll buy it.